there's a reason behind every line in my initial email. In my follow-up number one, follow-up number two, follow-up number three, there's a contingency plan if it doesn't work out. And I'm very methodical. Hello everyone and welcome to CEO Journals. I'm your host Ethan Bridge and on today's show I have the pleasure of talking to Jordan Paris. Jordan is the host of the podcast Growth Mindset University which is an incredible podcast that has managed to reach a staggering 15th on the Apple rankings for education, an extremely tough category for podcasting. He has had the pleasure of talking to some amazing guests such as Mark Manson, Dan Locke and James Altucher. So I wanted to talk to Jordan about how he managed to network with these people. A big topic in this episode is the potential of podcasting. Put it this way, there are only 750,000 active podcasts today. And if you compare this to YouTube's 22 million active channels with over 10 subscribers, the potential can be seen in this statistic alone. We also talked to Jordan about how he started his podcast, why he started his podcast, and the methods of marketing he used to get it to the point it is at today. I can't express enough how much value Jordan provides in today's show. So without further ado, let's dive straight into it. Enjoy. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CEO Journals podcast. Today, you have the pleasure of listening to Jordan Paris. Jordan, how are you doing today? Ethan, it's such a pleasure to be talking here with you today. This is what I love to do. The pleasure is all mine because getting a podcaster who has got an insane podcast on the show is incredible. Can't thank you enough. So for the listeners that don't know who you are and what you do, if you just want to give us a quick 60 second introduction. I have fun. <laughs> uh, my, in my old philosophy of don't make a living design a life has led me to this point where I don't do something if I don't have a lot of fun doing it, if I don't make a lot of money doing it, and if I don't help a lot of people doing it. Uh, something has to, a specific activity has to fit at least, you know, one, one of those criteria that's, eh, but two or three of those criteria, the, the goal is to have them all align in what I do. And that's exactly what happens. And even though it took a number of years. And so I've got this great, uh, very fun podcast called Growth Mindset University, all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school, but did not so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in in 2019 with in-depth interviews of James Altucher, Mark Manson, Dan Locke, uh, Naveen Jain. Uh, I don't know if you know that book, Way of the Peaceful, talking to him, Dan Millman. I'm, I'm going to consider it a tie for first for the biggest one I've, I've ever done because of the impact that he's had on my life. I know it is a classic book. It's, you know, it's been out for 39 years since 1980. And, uh, and, and so many people know it and it's changed so many people's lives. But I, when I say it to people in, in our generation, Ethan, I'm 21, you're 20. Uh, when I, when I say it, it's, it's not common for people our age to know that book. But for me, I, I'll consider that, you know, there was a major motion picture, a movie made out of the book. Um, so I'm considering that one, uh, this upcoming one, the biggest one. That is incredible. And obviously the listeners should definitely go and listen to that when it's come out. You've just name dropped some incredible guests. So that's something I, I actually dive into. I know, 
I, I hate, hate that phrase as well. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Oh, no, well, it's not the phrase. I, it's not the phrase. It's the fact that I do it. <laughs> but but it's, it, it's, it gets people's attention. Uh, but, but, I mean, besides that, the last thing I'll say is I help people build businesses around their podcast. And there's so many things, Ethan, that I wish I knew when I was starting my podcast. You know, so many unknown variables of podcasting that uh, things I wish I knew when I was first starting. I wasted so much time, money, and effort. And, and so I, I've created this amazing course that people uh, since launching it have given me such incredible feedback on it. Uh, just raving, raving. People are posting about it. It's at jordanparis.com slash course, literally completely free. Uh, and, and so that's, that's a course that kind of teaches you what I do and how to build a business around your podcast. And I think that's super helpful as well, because obviously when you started, you sort of were left to yourself to find out the right direction, what you had to do to make yourself succeed. Whereas people like myself who have started recently or are thinking of starting podcasts, there are those resources out there that we can refer to and that can obviously help us succeed and grow much quicker than obviously you were, well, you were able to. Yeah, man, I was trial and error. I had to figure things out along the way and grow as I go, which is completely fine. And it and I can I can figure out my way, and and obviously I have. But I could have been this good from like you know month one <laughs> instead of instead of wasting sixty five episodes and wasting all those people's time. You know, uh, I I hate those older episodes, man. I was with someone. Just someone today that uh, you know, she was like, she was like, I've only you know, I've listened only listened to one of your podcasts, and it was and and I was like, I gosh, I, I she's like, I know I should listen to more, and I was like, I don't care. But number one, number two, I was like, was it an older episode? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, that's why you only listen to one, <laughs> duh. Like that, and that's and that is my fear of leaving those episodes up. You know, as much as people love to see the growth, as and the progress, uh, that is my fear that people will listen, just happen to listen to, uh, you know, episode forty-five or something like that, and or episode five for that matter, hear it, be like. I don't get what the hype is about and never listen again. It, it's very possible. I know it happens every day. It, it has to, uh, it, it just, it does. Um, unfortunately, cause those episodes are still out there, but the ones today that are coming out now are, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's so much to get out yeah. of them and it's, I, I love the production. It's great. Awesome perfect introduction so the way i like to start all of my shows is to write back to your time in school so let's look at 12 year old jordan how did you find school were you a straight a student well let's see 12 what's that going to be 10 when you're 10 i'm in fourth grade i was in sixth grade okay i was still in my class clown phase i in the two That's years it. prior i'd won the class clown award in uh in fourth grade uh didn't really transition into high school, of course, but for those early years, I was, I was a pretty funny guy. I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not like, I'm not hilarious today. Uh, <laughs> I, humor is still a big part of my life. Like I love to watch Impractical Jokers. Uh, I don't know if you know that show. Like it's an amazing yeah. show. I, I watch it for health reasons so I could laugh, you know? If I don't laugh at any other point in the day, that's my insurance policy. Like I get the laughs out there. But it's 12-year-old Jordan, I mean, I was a 
wasn't a straight A student, uh, high B, low A. Um, you know, my, my father and, and brother, if they don't try, when they don't try, they get straight A's. Um, when they do try, it's like 99s. Uh, father was, is a general surgeon, uh, always at the top of his class. And, and my mother, my mother was like B's and C's. And if she tried, she would get like high B's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like she wasn't gifted, right? Like my, in, in that area at least. She is in other areas, but not in the area of like grades. I think grades are an illusion, by the way. Uh, it's a story for another time. <laughs> but uh but yeah i was pretty good uh definitely above average um uh, but yeah uh, not wasn't like knocking them dead <laughs> you're not one of these typical entrepreneurs that say they hated school they didn't like the work they didn't put the effort in they thought it was all worthwhile to go elsewhere and experience all these other things apart from school basically well, well college is a complete waste of time it's a complete waste of time. Uh, we're, if we're talking about, if we're talking about grade school, obviously you, know, you need that high school. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that you could be doing in, in, in high school to improve it. And, uh, uh my friend Don Wetrick, my education superhero, uh, we've had several conversations with him on the podcast of, of he, he like, he's been, you know, for his class, you know, his, the things that he does in his class in Noblesville, Indiana, you know, he's been featured and it's been covered by Forbes, uh, all these major media outlets because of the things that they're doing in there. And people, it's, it's this innovation and entrepreneurship class. It's open source innovation and entrepreneurship class. Open source. What does that mean? Open up your sources, not just learning from this God that is the supposedly the teacher, but like, if you want to learn about computer programming great i don't know about that but i know someone who does and you're going to go you're going to learn from him uh you know learning marketing from seth godin right learning 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 things that we from from people that we ought to be learning from people that have been there and and done that right so uh i i and people in that class are literally he just left uh this in uh, this past year was his last year and he's now focusing on his started up foundation uh, full time now. But uh, th this class, you know, people were, kids were taking real businesses, building real businesses, doing, doing things all year long, creating things, putting things out there and taking it outside of the classroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a really cool thing. And that's super interesting because obviously you hear a lot about these people that take like business classes at school, but then they're being obviously taught by a teacher who has never actually ran a business themselves. So they're sort of just teaching from the book. They're not teaching from experience. Yeah, such. reading out of the book. That's right. Uh, from the PowerPoint cookie cutter class uh, where, you know, McGraw-Hill, I don't know how prominent McGraw-Hill is, is over there. And I know you're not in college, so I don't know. Uh, but over here, if you're in the business school, it, McGraw Hill just takes care of it. The, the the teachers have no freedom anyway, right? It's just McGraw Hill homework and quizzes. You just click through, you still get an A. McGraw Hill uh, PowerPoints that the teachers read off of. The, the book is, of course, McGraw Hill. They just read out of there. Uh, everything's generic. The videos that pop up on McGraw Hill's PowerPoints are literally from the 90s. You know, marketing tactics that worked in the 90s that are completely irrelevant today. It's just, 
it's a joke. It's a complete joke. Um, and you know, student debt over here in the U.S. is $1.6 trillion with uh, 44 million Americans owing an average of uh, just above $37,000. And look at what, what are we getting for it? What are we getting for it? Doctors owe in excess of $200,000, lawyers in excess of $120,000. This is debt, even the $40,000 debt. This is debt that sets people back uh, decades, if not an entire lifetime. People are having their social security checks garnished, taken away, because it's still low on, on student loans. People, uh, people uh, young people, even though they want to, in the US, even though they want to buy homes and have children just as much as the previous generation, they're, they're buying homes and having children far less because of the burden of student loans. This is a gigantic bubble that people are kind of ignoring and they've worked the past, you know, the entire course of 2019 to get this message out there. And I think people are really catching on to it. And I'm, I'm happy to see it because when I first started posting about this stuff, I was like an alien, right? Yeah. I got attacked. Now, now it's like, I've seen comments on my, in my threads that like, seems to like, oh, this seems to be the subject. Everyone, uh, it's a subject everyone seems to agree upon. And I'm like, wow, it wasn't like this a little while ago. <laughs> but more yeah, and more people are agreeing and, and, and recognizing that this is a problem. And so the awareness step is, is becoming, uh, you know, it's the first step to, to everything and why I've been calling attention to this all year. But the, the, that awareness step, that, that, that box is essentially been checked and it's really time to get to work on the solutions, which Don and I have talked about. Um, and unfortunately though, it, it takes many years for this stuff to get uh, put in, into schools. And it's, it's very hard. Uh, it's, it's very hard to change an entire school system. It's a long play. It's a, it's, it's a yeah. lifetime play. Right. And, and that's my cause for education. And that's why you've obviously started your podcast, Growth Mindset University. You want to teach those lessons that we aren't being taught at school and college. So I want to ask, where did this idea of start this, starting this podcast come to fruition? What, why did you start the podcast? Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is the most common question I get. I have no idea. At straight out on a limb thought, why not? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it just happened. Exactly why I've done mine. I was one day, I was yeah. listening on my way to work, <laughs> listening to Gary Vee and thought... I can do this. I'll do this myself. That night, ordered a microphone, and had my first interview the following Monday. I was, I was just, just went for it. I didn't see why not. Thought, what's, what have I got to lose? Was the main thing. Exactly. And the answer was nothing. And what have you got to gain? A lot. There's yeah. for every for every YouTube channel, or there's one podcast for every 37 YouTube channels with over 10 subscribers. There is immense, tremendous amount of room for growth. There's about 700,000 podcasts out there and a hundred thousand of those has come in the past, uh, about a hundred thousand of those have come in the past year. Yeah. And podcasts though have been around for 13 years. For sure. Okay, so this is, it's picking up speed. It's like a category, it used to be a category one hurricane, then category two. It's like a, it's like a category three hurricane right now. It's kind of, there's a hurricane coming my way in Florida, actually, as we speak. <laughs> It'll be here this weekend, but it's, a, it, it's supposed to be a category three, ironically. It's, and it's a category one right now. But podcasts are, and it's, so by the time it gets here, it's going to be picking up speed. And, and podcasts are sort of taking a similar path. And Maybe yeah. I'll get to a category five one day when there are 37 podcasts for every 
37 YouTube channels with over 10 subscribers, even with, and I'd have to pull it up, but in my research, but for every, uh, there's one podcast for every like 10 YouTube channels with a hundred subscribers. Now that's big. Yeah. And, and 10 is just a number I threw out there. I think it, I think it's 10. It could be 20. It could be five. So bottom line saying. is there's tremendous room for growth and the, the amount of money in podcasts have also been increasing for many years as well. So gigantic opportunity here. And, and that's, that's what my thing, my whole thing is centered around. That's why I'm yeah. helping other people capitalize on this. And so, so very timely of you to get into this. For sure. Cause I know, as you say, you, you relate it to YouTube and there's, I think it's something like there's 22 million active YouTube channels out there at the moment in comparison to the, as you say, around 1 million active podcasts. And if you think about those YouTubers that started back in the day when there would have been only a million YouTube channels, a lot of them are now multi-millionaires. So if you think about podcasts and when there'll be 22 million podcasts and there's Obviously, yourself, you started much earlier, but me starting now, I've still got that opportunity to be in that position should I keep up with this for the next five, six years. Mm-hmm. I'm actually pulling up right now my research that I did. All right, here we are. Here we are. Yep, 22 million YouTube channels. You are exactly on the mark. Actually, there's 22 million YouTube channels with more than 10 subscribers. Wow. Okay, so that's the that. There is, uh, so in theory... Did I not do uh, for every hundred pot, uh, every hundred subscribers? No, I thought I did. I'll have to go back and, and, and find how many YouTube channels has, has over a hundred subscribers. But yeah, a lot Either of ways. Super interesting yeah. to look at it from that perspective. So when you first started, was it very slow for you with your podcast? Did you see much traction at first? No, no. About a month after, a month and a half after starting it uh, from... It was the this one week. It was the end of May and the beginning of June, 2018. I had a total of nine downloads that week. You started in March, didn't you? 2018. April 17th of 2018. On the LinkedIn profile, it says March because for Growth Mindset University, because that's when I started writing the book. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was very slow starting out. So. You, you mentioned LinkedIn and you obviously push your podcast heavily through that platform. Is that something you focused on growing alongside your podcast at the same time? Oh, of course. Uh, and, and the podcast doesn't happen without the LinkedIn. Does not. So you, you see a lot of um, like click-through ratio from your LinkedIn to actually when your episode goes live. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's only got more since you've started progressing on LinkedIn. Yep. And it's great. It's great when I can post a video and get 30,000 views. And I, I mentioned Growth Mindset University and the majority of my posts, right? And yeah. then I kind of always relate it back to that central, that central message, right? Of learning the lessons we should learn in school but didn't. And Growth Mindset University as a whole, I always, always point it back to that. Because I find it, I also find LinkedIn a super interesting platform at the moment because it's got that algorithm where the potential for the reach, the the natural reach is incredible. And I was speaking to a guy called Jake Bjorsef. He's a founder of an agency called Trendsetters Media. And he said that 90% of his revenue for his business has come from solely LinkedIn. 
and he's got 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. You've got 30,000. So I can only imagine how much traction that's pushing through to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, I, I really, uh, I love LinkedIn and, and the point that you're making, the, the discoverability on LinkedIn is so high on Instagram. It is so low. You're yeah. not, unless you're a hot girl popping up in the explore feed, which I'm the explore tab, which I am not. No, you're, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. Unfortunately for us, uh, you're, you're not growing on Instagram. You're not getting found on Instagram. Uh, the only people that are seeing your posts are if you're lucky half of your followers, if you're lucky, you get half, you know, for people with larger followings, sometimes, you know, 1% of your followers will see your posts. Uh, that's my, that's the, the, that's the scenario my friend Natalie Jill is in right now with 470 some thousand subscribers. Uh, Instagram has strangled her reach over time and she's not getting nearly as much traction as she did. Like 1% of her followers are seeing her posts uh, when it used to not, it didn't used to be the case, but LinkedIn, when Ethan, when you comment on my post, it says, Ethan commented on this post in the feeds of people who follow you. Yeah. And I was not even previously connected with the people that follow you. Like they, and they didn't follow me. They didn't, right. And so when I have 200 people comment on a post every single day, the discoverability for me is super high. There is a six-month period where I was getting 100 followers every single day, every single day. And so you do the math there. I mean, 6,000 followers. So that's only a small chunk of what I have, but, and, and the rest has come over time. I still get 100 follow, follower days from time to time, but I don't know. It's really on the, on the mark, uh, this, one, this one period. But there's just so much potential there. No, for sure. And obviously, as you say, like with Instagram now, that potential has gone. So it could possibly go with LinkedIn as well one day. So if you can get in, in on that now, when there is that potential, then your reach could be incredible. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I was, so I've been following your content for a while now and I was looking and I was, I, so, so I've read some of the blog posts and gone back then, but I've, Back in May 2018, so last oh, year. Crap. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a bad one. It's actually one I found super. Might be. No, it was the balance between being cocky and confident. Okay. And I think that's something as podcast hosts that we need to be find the right. Obviously, find the right balance between. We want to make our episodes engaging. We want to have engaging conversation with the guests, but we need to stay grounded. We don't want to come across as arrogant and cocky. Mm. To that's only going to be a detriment people aren't going to want to listen to that so have you as a host how have you found that have you managed to keep yourself how have you found ways to keep yourself grounded in certain conversations with people well there was one time i i saw a review on ty lopez's podcast very randomly one time well over a year ago and it said Something to the effect of, you know, it was a poor rating, you know, probably like three stars or something. And it's like, Ty has just the need to unnecessarily throw in a narcissistic, egotistical statement every few minutes, just completely unnecessary. And it always, always stuck with me. 
you know, right? Like as, yeah. as humans, you know, we, and, and even, and I could see it in my, myself, like, you know, we love to talk about ourselves. We really do. And when you're trying to qualify yourself to somebody like very famous that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> when you're trying to qualify yourself to those people, it's very easy to want to assert yourself and and just throw in these statements that are about yourself that are completely unnecessary. So I like to turn the table on them. And obviously, I mean, it's an interview and give them the stage, right? Used to be where I talked 10% of the time and they talked 90% of the time. I'm just a listener, right? I, I, I like that. I like to do that. Lately, uh, it's been about 70-30, where the only time I am talking, for the most part, is when I am an active participant in the conversation, when I have something valuable to add. And another, make it another uh, competitive advantage for my show, me, right? I could be the competitive advantage, right? That one of the reasons that people listen to this show. So I could maybe start to talk a little more and, and be an active participant in the, in the conversation rather than completely giving the, the stage to them. And I think 70, 30 is a great balance. Uh, and that 30% isn't like me tooting my own horn. You know, it's not like sure. I, 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 it's when I have something valuable to add, uh, add to it. Um, so that's in the conversation, how I do that, uh, in my head, yeah, I, I do that so as to not seem, seem cocky, but you cannot seem, you don't have to seem cocky, but you can still be cocky. So in my own mind, it's very hard to say it's, it's really just a series of mantras uh, that I have to remind myself of all the time, like be kind be humble. And they're so cliche. They're so cliche, but they help. Be kind, be humble. Uh, never think you're too important for others. Uh, treat everyone like they can get you a cover story on Forbes magazine. Heard yeah. that one before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one that's surprises didn't come out earlier. Yeah. Cause it's like one of my Your central. Line. Yeah. That's my line. Um, so that's really been it. I, I have to tell myself that stuff all the time because it's really easy to get on the phone with a customer service representative and treat them like crap and believe you're too important for this. But I was on a, I was on the phone with Apple last week, and I don't know. I was like, I was like forming a relationship with this person. I was like. You know, I'm, uh, we were dealing all the events on my calendar, which I rely heavily on, disappeared, completely disappeared. One, I, I, I was shocked. You know, I was, I was like, oh my God. And I was on the phone with them for two hours, two hours in total, and maybe actually a little more than that. And they couldn't figure it out first night, second, and then we had a call scheduled, same person. Her name was Jennifer, uh, scheduled for uh, 8 a.m. the next morning. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I start, we start talking about our, 
our nights and, and mornings, uh, you know, how it went. And, but like we were in it together, you know, and, and we had like plenty of side conversations that had nothing to do with getting, you know, my MacBook and getting the calendar fixed. And like by the end of the, the journey with her, I was like, this is kind of bittersweet. Like it was fixed, but I was like, I don't really want to hang up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really, that's good. Though. But I did, but unfortunately, yeah, we, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That resonates. Yeah, it's with like, I want to stay in touch, man. Yeah. That resonates with a hell of a lot of things that are mentioned in the book of how to win friends and influence people. And it's an incredible book. If any of you listeners haven't read it yet, it's every, even though it was written a long time ago, every single thing in that book still applies today. Agree. And as podcast hosts, it, it mentions in there that obviously people love to talk about themselves. And as podcast hosts, that makes our job incredibly easy. We just ask a question and sit there and listen. And as you say, put in our two cents every time we need to. Yeah, that's right. It's a great book. I recommend it like you do. If you haven't even heard of it yet, you're living under a rock. I don't know. <laughs> Get out from that rock. Holy crap. Um, so obviously you mentioned at the very start of the show, some of the guests you've had on your podcast. And by no means, these guests are incredible. They're huge names in their respective industries. How the how in the world did you manage to land them? How did you get in contact with these people? Ask. Straight up, just ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Is that through email? A, a of, yeah, and I give away my email templates to people. They're too powerful to give away for free. So I give them, people have to buy them for $7 and they do. And they're very powerful. I have my fault. My, there's a, there's a reason behind every line in my initial email in my follow-up number one, follow-up number two, follow-up number three, there's a contingency plan if it doesn't work out. And I'm very methodical with it. Uh, it's something I've tested over time and may, make improvements. Every few emails I send, I, you know, I tweak it a little bit, change a word here and there, like, change would to will to make it more applicable instead of a hypothetical scenario. When you say would, it's like a hypothetical. Uh, I, like I said, um, I'll give away my, one of my most powerful things are the double binding questions, right? Where I give people the illusion of choice where in reality, mo uh, both outcomes are both options are favorable to me. It's like you imagine a split road, Right. You know, there's, you can go one of two ways and there's a street sign. One of them says right way. The other one says right way. Yeah. So it's like that. <laughs> and in this, it takes the form a lot of times in the last line of my email. And, and I'm comfortable giving this away because if you have just this alone, it doesn't work. Uh, you have to have the whole system, but it takes the form of, do you want to propose a few dates and times or is it easier to just go ahead and book really quickly on our calendar? Actually, I've changed it a couple of days ago. Or is it easier to go ahead and secure your spot really quickly on our calendar? And that has gotten me some great new results. It has. Uh, I mentioned Way of the Peaceful Warrior. 
quotes come from. I, I think that. And, uh, and yeah, so my double binding questions are, are my most powerful tool here. Uh, but the rest of them uh, for my email templates, it, it's like, I think it's jordanparis.com slash emails for, for that. And I, I give them away. They're too powerful to give to the, uh, to, to give to the public. You have to have some skin in the game. And something I liked as well is when obviously I reached out to you on Instagram, sent you a video message and you came back and you actually sent me your, you sent me your calendar link, but even the process after that, I thought was really good. Like your website is extremely professional and your booking process was extremely smooth. Like your website works incredibly. And I think I even said it to you. I said, come back, came back off that. I was like, well, I need to invest in something like that because that alone, I was like, Obviously, when you're, when, when you're landing these big guests, you don't want them to come onto some clunky, slow, poor-looking website. I, they're going to come onto it and think, cool, this guy who I am talking to, he knows his shit. He's got his stuff. He's got his shit sorted, he's got his shit sorted yeah. out. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And your video message, just remembered, yeah, that was critical. That was amazing. The way you reached out with a video message, that's a good... That is a good hack. I think I, I think I said to you, I should start doing that. <laughs> that was good, I man. That. Yeah. I found it's worked extremely well for me so far. Obviously, I haven't got the credibility yet, so it is going to be difficult for me to land guests. But that's something that's worked extremely well. Yep. And if you go in with uh, you know, an email, like everyone else, especially just starting out, it's hard. It's hard to separate yourself yeah. and uh, for the other person to understand why should I go on Ethan's podcast? So to, you know, when you send a video like that, you're no longer a faceless email, you know, a soulless email. You know, you have a soul, you have a face, you're, you're there. You're like, you know, they, you're, and you, you said, and it's not like some, it's not like some copy and paste video either like you, you I, I you know of course i checked to make sure that stuff like you, you know you said my name and you said specific things so and that's important too saying things that are saying something specific not just love your work yeah. it doesn't that doesn't work the more specific you are the better and that's why i think dan millman peaceful warrior agreed to be on my podcast because he said to me or before I got in contact with him directly, it was one of the, it was his assistant. She said, you know, all, and I thought it was a rejection letter. It's like, although Dan who sends his regards is working on a major new project right now and is not currently in outreach mode, not currently in promo mode, you know, uh, not currently doing podcasts. In other words, he wants to make an exception for your show. He will be more than glad to, talk to you and i'm a hundred percent sure that it's because of how specific i was i didn't gush it wasn't a five paragraph essay it was a couple of lines yeah probably three or four that were very specific in what i got out of his book and his multiple books uh you know the ones that i've read uh and and how it and how it it has carried over and translated to my everyday life. I, I told him that. So, and also I can see all these books behind you, obviously. And on the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but we are on a video call right now, and there are just stacks of books. Yeah, man, I I love the books. I, I mean, I've never I've never been a big reader, but recently 
I've got a lot of time in the mornings on my commute to work and I've just found myself reading and I can't stop now. <laughs> I mm. can't stop. And even just reading one or two books a month, which isn't a lot. but That's, my, a, hey, that's amazing. It's better than nothing. Two I've books learned, a month is 24 per year. That's a killer rate. Oh my gosh. But it's, it's, it's I've learned so much even from just doing that. Yep. Everyone I talk to who starts reading, I'll say the same thing. Like I can't imagine not reading. <laughs> like, yeah, they, can't imagine they're not like that. every everyone. It's the same thing. Like they're all in shock at how much they're they're learning, how much they're changing. Yeah, and their life lessons as well. They're not just going to apply in the moment. They can last forever. You've dropped some incredible value on the show, and there's. Th- I like to round off my episodes in the same way every time. I've got three questions on three topics that I don't think are spoken about enough. Love it. And these are money, relationships, and death. Death sounds a bit oh, morbid, I know. Good. good topics, man. But we'll get there. Um, so my first question is, what does the word success mean to you? Fun. Straight up fun. Why? Well... I guess what success means to me is the don't make a living design a life and the criteria that fit beneath that the fun money and helping people. That's exactly what it means to me. And having all of those three align, it's exactly what it is. And I love that. And the fact that you're going down that route and not solely for the shiny object syndrome, which a lot of people go into entrepreneurship for, because they think it's just going to be an easy route to buying the Lamborghini, which people say over and over again, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, it's the hardest. And that links quite well into my next question with relationships because a lot of people say it's hard and lonely. So throughout your journey so far, have you found it difficult to maintain relationships, whether that's with with family members, friends, a significant other, or have you managed to find a way that these these people can join your journey with you and experience what you're experiencing throughout? No, it's very easy to maintain relationships, especially since I have appointments in my calendar at 9 a.m. to reconnect and re-engage. It takes a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes as well. Reconnect and re-engage with loose ties, people I haven't spoken to really? in a while, right, in a little bit. And I'll scroll back on my texts. I'll, you know, person I, you know, girl I met up with today, reason that we met up is because my one of my 9 a.m. appointments uh, I met up with a friend on Friday that I hadn't seen in, gee, I don't even want to, I mean, it might've been eight months because he moved across the, to the other side of the state. He came over, he drove over and to visit him. We did a show on his podcast because I, because of my 9am appointment. Uh, and so when I'm reaching out to between one and five people, at 9am every day, just checking up on them, not asking for anything. Uh, it's very easy to maintain relationships and have continuous plans that don't involve work, right? Yeah. Like staring into more eyes than screens, which is very important. And, uh, and, and yeah, man, I, I like to, I like making time for, for people. Uh, yeah. I've not had I too much difficulty with it. I really like that. I think that's huge, obviously. So uh, something I could relate that to on my aspect is that a lot of my friends 
like two years ago went off to university and even though they come home summer and Christmas and things like that we don't always get to meet up but that's something I'm gonna have to start doing I like that that's gonna be my <laughs> takeaway from this call yeah but final question in relation to death is are you afraid of dying <laughs> uh, well take a page out of Dan Millman's book the peaceful warrior does not fear death right the death is not a tragedy what's a tragedy is how few people actually live right truly live right while they're alive that's a tragedy he has a great quote and i and i kind of butchered it there but there's a it's 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 much more poetic than that but i think the point remains that you know there's a there's another great quote like uh there's i've had a lot of troubles in my life most of which never happened i think it's like mark twain right like these these things that we worry about they're like all in the past or the future yeah yeah and we waste so much of our time thinking about that crap we don't actually need to and like it just doesn't matter the future things hardly ever come to pass our worst fears hardly ever come to pass and the past is well the past so yeah. but, and, yeah. and so the peaceful warrior not fearing death that's something i aspire to um i feel like i feel like i'm in a i have a good middle ground right now where like i'm not like deathly afraid of death and I'm not like thinking about it too, too much. Uh, just here to enjoy while uh, I'm here. But it is something I, I think about from time to time. And uh, yeah, I, I hope to hope to gain better perspective on that. Uh, maybe something I'll ask Dan on, uh, on Monday. He's 73 now. He's 73, so I'll have to ask him. Yeah, and I love asking that question because of – just the range of answers I get and everyone will pick out not everyone but some people will pick out a quote and it's like it does resonate and it's super interesting like something I came across the other day in a podcast I was listening to by Stephen Bartlett he's the CEO of Social Chain he's got his podcast as well and he mentioned a quote on there and it's it was if you are depressed you're living in the past if you're anxious you're living in the future and if you are at peace you're living in the present exactly yes and I've so I've heard I heard that and I was like spot on and I've loved that love that quote since I've heard it Jordan thank you for joining me on this episode of CEO Journals podcast it's been an absolute pleasure where can the listeners follow up with you and connect with you Ethan pleasure is entirely mine but for people starting their podcast I mean I already I already gave you the spiel on it but jordanparis.com slash course for free access to my brand new course, how to become a rockstar podcaster. Every secret I have is in that course and people are loving it. But besides that, you can find everything else at jordanparis.com. And, uh, you know, the, if you want to stalk me on social media, the, the, in the footer of my website at the bottom, there's all the socials there, but, uh, yeah, man, having fun. It's going to be a fun journey. Join me. I will. Don't you worry. And who doesn't love a freebie as well? That 
free course who can't complain and for those who missed that i'm going to put all of the everything jordan's just mentioned in the show notes below but once again jordan thank you for joining me ethan you're the man thank you very much i just wanted to thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast I'll leave all the relevant links mentioned in the show notes below. That's going to include the guests and my own Instagram handle where you can reach out to us with any questions you may have. In the show notes will also be any useful resources the guest or myself may have mentioned throughout the episode, so definitely check those out. I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. It's only going to take a couple of seconds. If you do, it means you're going to be notified whenever I post a new episode. I'd also love if you could leave your thoughts in the rating and review section. I'm going to be reading all of these and it will help me understand what all of you are actually interested in. Leaving a rating and review will also help the podcast reach even more people, which only means better guests for all you listeners. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you again for listening to CEO Journals.